Hello, and welcome to episode three of Carpet Cliff Notes. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you some tips for picking out the right carpet python for you. The biggest issue that always pops up when it comes to people making impulse buys of carpet pythons in the hobby is the statement that comes right after, and it's, what is my carpet python? You usually see it go something like this. Someone sees a carpet python for sale online or at a show. They inquire about that snake, and the seller will tell them it's a carpet python. When you're buying a carpet python from a random table at a show, these snakes that the seller has typically purchased them from a clutch of babies from a breeder that wholesaled them out. Um, they take the snake home excited. They're happy with the snake that they got. They love it. Everything is great. They go, they post it online, and they ask what subspecies or species is my carpet python. Well, there's a few issues with knowing exactly what type of carpet python you have. Number one, carpet pythons are highly variable. So in the wild, I mean, you they come in colors and patterns and, you know, that just, they're just so variable, it's hard to, to know. Now, some um, typically kind of look, they don't have as much variability, but overall, they are highly variable group of snakes, which makes it difficult to know if somewhere in that snake's lineage it was crossed with another subspecies. Some people care about this, some people don't. This this sometimes comes across, though, as uh, snobby or elitist uh, to a new um, carpet python enthusiast. And fair enough, but it isn't meant to come across that way. But for a great deal of breeders, they're trying to preserve the bloodlines that we have for future carpet python hobbyists. You know, carpets cannot just have new bloodlines imported into the U.S. So we're working with a limited gene pool, and, you know, there's a lot of people that want to try to preserve that gene pool. Real quick, the hobby is kind of split into three different categories when it comes to carpets. There's the purest. Um, They're strictly about lineage, usually have lines that go back 10 to 20 years, and they don't cross subspecies. And then there's the people that are called the crossers. They, they're typically breeders that are trying to make the prettiest snake that they can. This usually is driven by morphs. Not always, but most of the time, it's about making a certain combination of morphs in a snake. Um, they're typically driven by how the snake looks rather than whether it's pure or not. Like some people just don't care. They just are trying to make you know, the prettiest snake that they can. Um, but real quick, let's get the whole pure topic out of the way. Let's talk about what we mean when we say, quote unquote, pure. Uh, this is one of those topics that everyone seems to have an opinion on, and it usually can get real heated uh, at times. But um, I think that for the most part, carpet python enthusiasts have have settled in their camps, and it's not really that much of a debate anymore, but sometimes when new people are coming in, they don't understand where this, uh, where we've sort of laid our flags, and when they ask the question, it usually stirs it up again, um, but the, you know, basically you're relying on someone else to give you their story. Uh, when you, the people that I buy from, I trust 100%. And other people, I I just, I don't, I don't, it's not that I think that they're lying. I just don't know if they put as much effort into uh, knowing the lineage of that animal. And 
that's not to say that one way is right and the other way is wrong. But the main thing is you have to be transparent about what you're selling. Um, you'll really never know unless you went to the field and collected it. And other than Poplin carpets, um, you know, you're not going to get fresh blood imported into the U.S. all that often. It happens, but it's very rare. But with Poplin carpets, you can get them imported and know that you're either dealing with wild-caught, captive hatch, um, and, you know, starting new bloodlines, which is one of the... Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy that particular subspecies. Um, Because I know that they were imported by myself, and I'm sort of uh, starting a foundation um, of these new bloodlines. And there's quite a few people out there that that are following that camp. Um, But... Really, you will never know unless you went to the field and collected. The other part of this debate is that most carpets that you see in the hobby today look nothing like what you would find in the wild. In fact, it often surprises me that people claim to be purists, but they don't have locality-type carpets like Gelatins, Brisbane's, Palmerson's, Tully's, Cape York's, Port Douglas's, etc. Um, the ones listed above are probably the closest that you're going to get to a wild carpet python, but they're not as flashy as a jungle jag or, a, you know, a diamond bread lull. Um, it's just, it's just kind of like, what do you like? And there's no right or wrong. It's just that you have to decide what you like and go with what you want. Um, the crossers and the purists are the ones that sort of usually are going about it each way. I always thought that the purist. Um, rather than argue, should just promote the stock that they have. And eventually, <laughs> it seems that when people get into the carpet python hobby, they come in guns a-blazing and they like the morphs and they're, you know, I'm going to produce this combination and everything, uh, you know, I could possibly do. And then somewhere along the lines, you start to appreciate the actual animal, whether it's you took a trip to Australia or whether it's, um, you know, you start to learn more and more about the the uh, the different um, subspecies and species. You know, today with Facebook, uh, as much as it has its, uh, you know, <laughs> parts that we all hate, but uh, one thing that it has done is it, it puts um, us here in the Northern Hemisphere um, in direct contact with people that are in Australia, whether they're out field herping and you able to, you're able to see exactly, um, you know, what a wild one would look like from a specific area or whether it's stock that they're working with in Australia. Um, you, you seem to have a new appreciation for that. And, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's as you mature in the hobby, a lot of times people seem to, um, move away from morphs and more into, um, you know, just a passion for the wild type. Then you have the people that are fence riders and they enjoy the mo- morphs and they will cross certain things, but they have um, pure lines uh, that they will not cross. Um, and they try to keep everything um you know, with lineage, whether it's a whether it's a cross or not, that way you know exactly um, what you have. I've had people that have I've sold a snake to. They sold the snake to somebody else, and 
labeled it as something different than what it was. And I don't necessarily think it was done out of um, uh, trying to get over, or maybe they just didn't understand the story 100%. Maybe they didn't write it down. Maybe they forgot the information. Whatever the case would be, somehow all of a sudden what it was becomes um, not what it's being told that it is. Um, So let's get back on track with what is my carpet python. There's no true way to know uh, what ex- you know what carpet python you have exactly unless you have lineage from a breeder. And even though it can be difficult, um, sometimes trying to figure out exactly what the entire lineage can be a challenge for many, many reasons. You know, uh, people forgot, they didn't write it down. Um, you got to remember that back in the early, early days of carpet pythons, that's how they were listed, carpet pythons. Um, you know, and taxonomy has changed, and uh, it will be changing uh, real soon uh, again. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where um, it, it just makes it, it makes it extremely tricky to be able to, to look at a phenotype and be able to say 100% that your snake is a coastal or a jungle or, you know, whatever subspecies that you would, you would think. Some are easier than others, but like something like a diamond python, you know, you don't know if that's been crossed with a jungle or a jungle carpet that's been crossed with a diamond. You know, there was a lot of uh, debate in the early days about, you know, really yellow and black with a lot of contrast and tipping. Um, jungle carpets have diamond blood mixed in it somewhere, uh, you know, and... Um, unless you know the exact lineage of what that animal is, you, you can't really say one way or the other. Um, and, I mean, we've been doing this so long that some of the people that, that, that were founders of this um, are no longer with us, so to be able to, you can't talk to them, so that's where the story dies. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy a snake um, if you don't know what, what it is, if you like it, um, the only time it becomes really an issue is if you decide to breed it or sell it. And even if you decide to breed it, as long as you're labeling it accurately, um, you know, you're doing your part. Now where the purists will come in is they'll say, what about, um, when that, you know, you sell a jungle cross and, you know, I I have actually seen this where, you know that those, you know, diamond pythons are a big one where you know that those diamond pythons are not pure. But it's, when you're at a show and you're trying to sell a snake, it's easier just to label it a diamond python than to tell you the story uh, that's behind it, really what it comes down to. Um, a lot of these issues have come really because of the more thing and trying to cross subspecies to produce a certain combo. The morphs aren't necessarily the issue um, a lot of times, but the normals that are in that clutch are the ones that typically pose the issue. Uh, Here would be an example. If I had a caramel coastal carpet python and a zebra jungle carpet python, and I wanted to make caramel zebras, um, and I breed the two together, you're going to get caramels and zebras and caramel zebras, and you're going to get... Um, crosses, like like no, what we would call normals, but all of them will be coastal carpet, jungle carpet crosses. 
Now, in those normals, you could have some that look like jungle carpets. You could have some that look like coastal carpets. You could have some that look in between. But when you go to a show and you see a yellow and black carpet python sitting on the table, typically everybody's thought is to say that that's a jungle carpet. You know, and I'm not saying that those sellers are typically bad, but, you know, um, usually um, they'll label it what it looks like the most. And, you know, some of these sellers, well, whether you want to call them flippers or dealers or whatever, um, and I'm not trying to say that in a negative way, that they have a wide variety of reptiles that they work with, and they have a lot of basic knowledge about a lot of different reptiles. Um, and that info could be outdated, um, it, 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 or it could just be wrong, um, you know, because they, they don't know, um, you know, the details of, you know, carpet python, either taxonomy or, you know, the lineage of the animal or any of that. That's why I always recommend to go to a breeder. Um, you know, you might spend a little bit more money, but you're going to know what you have and you're going to be able, for most people, they'll be able to tell you the lineage uh, of that animal. Um, the other issue would come in if the person that bought that snake decides down the road that they want to breed, um, they will now have to sell that animal as what they were told that it was. Um, so that coastal jungle now becomes a straight jungle or uh, because it's yellow and black. Um, I, I can tell you firsthand that I've seen jun wild jungles that look like coastals and vice versa. The one thing that I would say that isn't necessarily a bad thing is, like I said, if you really like the look of a snake and you're keeping it as a pet, I, it, I would just get it. Um, but just know that, you know, nobody's trying to say that that snake is not as valuable, let's say, as, uh, you know, something that's quote-unquote pure. Um, I would even venture to say that a lot of uh, these snakes do have value to people that breed pretty snakes, like morph cross projects, you know, nice snake plus nice snake equals nicer snakes. So, yeah, it's really just where you fall. But to understand, you know, why these things are debated, um, you know, I, I would say that if that the one um, the one group of snakes that I often see that that this could be a problem with, but is not because the community as as a whole doesn't it's it's frowned upon to cross is short tail pythons. I mean you will have some people that do it and most people though that are in the short tail pythons they keep the you know this the species and subspecies um well now they're full species but those species all you know uh together. They don't they don't cross at all. So next what carpet python is right for you? Well, the main thing in this discussion, for the most part, is people is size and temperament. Um, I mean, carpets are all pretty much kept the same. Um, diamonds are a little bit different. Inlands can be a little bit different. But for the most part, they, they can all be kept uh, the same way. If you're breeding carpets, um, then you might want to go with a uh, coastal or a jungle. 
pop one if you can't get temperatures cold enough for something like a diamond python or bread lie. Um, you know, you really have to think about if you're going to breed that like a lot of those, the more southern taxa of carpet pythons are are what we call spring breeders. And they de- they have to be brought down to cold temperatures at night, which is typically in the 50s, um, in order to have uh, consistent success with breeding them. They can be bred, and sometimes they do breed, at just regular carpet python temperatures, but that where it comes down to is that consistency. So if you're looking for larger than five foot, the two that come to mind are breadlie, which is typically in maybe the eight foot range, I would say. Um, coastals, especially southern ones like the Brisbane locality, um, are the bigger ones. Um, you know, some of the other... Uh, some of the other bloodlines that are out there, like uh, you know M Pen, or you know what Jason Balin's working with, or even some of the northern localities like Port Douglas or Rockhamptons, um, they typically stay on the uh, five foot, six foot range. Um, but those two would be the ones um, that typically get bigger. Um, smaller ones now diamonds. Diamonds are kind of on the fence there. They can put uh, pretty pretty good size on, but for the most part, it's the females that are typically bigger. Um, there was uh, papers done on that uh, by uh, Richard Shine that talked about that. Um, but you know, the, in that study, it was a uh, a small sample size. But for the most part, diamonds uh, females are typically bigger. Um, but jungles, inlands, popwins, and darwins seem to stay um, on the five to six foot range. As far as mellow carpets, uh, your best bet is an inland carpet python or a bread lie. Um, either one of those, they are very, very um, tough snakes. They come from tough environments. They can take, uh, I hate to say it this way, but a lot of keeper error. Um, and they are very, very mellow uh, snakes. Um, there, and again, there are always exceptions to these rules. You know, we're talking in generalities. You know, I have, I know some people that have bread lie that will rip their face off. I don't know many people that have inland carpets that are that way. But you know, from time to time, you will see bread lie that are a little bit uh, on the feisty side. All right, next, I'm going to talk about the best place. To learn more about carpets. Well, <laughs> maybe I'm a bit biased here, but Moravia Python Radio is filled with breeders and keepers and even people that have herped for carpet pythons. We've had nine years worth of shows. There are other podcasts that talk about Moralia, but if you want to dive deep, NPR is the way to go. Um, and, you know, if you go to our website, MoraliaPythonRadio.net, you'll be able to sort of be pointed in the direction, if you will, um, of where to go to learn more about uh, the carpet pythons. Um, let's talk real quick about books. Um, obviously, the best book when it comes to carpet python is The Complete Carpet Python, and it was written by Nick Mutton and Justin Jewlander. Um, these guys did an amazing job in the first 
version of this book. Uh, it's out of print now, but I think you can find it on Amazon and stuff. Um, if you go to our website, you can look in the NPR library and it'll give you some links uh, to who's selling it on Amazon. Um, it's a little pricey now, and they are working on the second version of that due out sometime later this year um, with even more information about Carpet Python. So looking forward to that. So The Complete Carpet Python is the number one book when it comes to carpet pythons. Um, the next one I would say is uh, Carpet Pythons by Mark Mentz. This was a, a German book, I believe. Um, a couple years ago, it was uh, released as, uh, with the English edition and uh, also uh, a lot of information in there and very good book. Um, obviously, <laughs> there's the one that probably started uh, their fascination with Australian pythons um, in the early 90s, and that's Pythons of the World, Volume 1, uh, which focuses on Australia. Um, it breaks down each of the uh, carpet python uh, subspecies um, in that book in detail, plus other uh, Australian pythons. Uh, there was another book um, that was called Breeding Australian Pythons. Uh, it's a very good book, a lot of information in there, a lot of data uh, that you can uh, to check out. So that, that would be, as far as books go, that's, that's where you want to go. Um, you know, you can also go to Google Scholar, and um, uh, you can uh, type in carpet pythons or Maria Spilota, and a lot of the papers that have been written about carpet pythons, a lot of that work was done by Richard Shine. Um, you will be able to uh, to uh, to check out that and hear more about um, you know details of uh, of carpet pythons uh, and carpet python research. Um, next, I want to talk about uh, YouTube. Seems to be a way to go. Um, our good friend Riley uh, Jimison. Um, I don't know if he does it as much anymore, but he had uh, a, a series called Carpets and Coffee. He talked a lot about carpet pythons in that. Uh, you can go to uh, to check that out. Um, also, there's a new one, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it's a live stream, and then uh, you can go to Facebook page carpetpythons.com.au, and uh, you can check that out. And um, uh, Maynard. Uh, talks a lot about his experience with carpet pythons and um you know he usually picks a topic um uh, and uh sort of talks about his experiences uh with them and very very good check it out um next uh some websites to check out um obviously again I'm I'm a little biased here but moreypythonradio.net um I'm trying to I work on that uh chip away a little bit at it every week and uh, eventually I want to I call it the Morelia Hub we moved uh, com and started working on a new uh, more modern type of site um, and just trying to get as much information as we can on there about carpet python and carpet python keeping um, another one uh, would be carpetpythons.com and that is um, star pythons um, there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, information that you can find about carpet python keeping and breeding on there. Um, then there's carpetpython.com.au, also another, uh, very valuable, uh, source of, uh, carpet python, uh, 
knowledge uh, there. I would also recommend checking out inlandreptile.com, and that's uh, Nick Mutton's uh, site. But if you go to his lineage uh, pages, you can see what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, some of the lineage of these uh, uh, carpets, and you can see what I'm talking about. Um, so check them out. Um, the last thing I'm going to, and in no order, these are, this is not everybody, um, you know, but uh, I just wanted to give um, an overview of some breeders that I've personally um, dealt with and I um, uh, think they're great people. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what they do um, so that uh, you can uh, decide uh, or contact these uh, breeders and uh, try to uh, try to see if they have what what you're looking for. Uh, first up would probably be Nick Mutton of Inland Reptile. Um, I, I dare he said I dare say that he has one of the most extensive carpet pythons in the U.S. Um, maybe even one of the top breeders of carpet pythons in the world. Um, he produces a ton of carpet pythons every year. Um, and, and Nick's claim to fame is he's a purist and he has the lineage to back it up. So if you're looking for pure animals, um, even if you're not buying directly from Nick, but if you hear that, um, they're working with mutton stock, uh, you can pretty much be assured that whoever that is, is, you know, uh, a purist at heart. Um, and you know, we'll be able to share that information with you. Another guy, uh, obviously, is Justin Julander of Australian Addiction Reptiles. Um, same type of camp. I think for a while Justin dabbled in morphs, but he seems to be more uh, into the uh, wild type stuff. Um, he um, has done a lot of awesome breedings. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times he is also known for his anteresia as well. So <laughs> typically if you're into carpets, sometimes you get into these other Australian pythons. But Justin's specialty is uh, obviously in his name is Australian addiction, uh, Australian reptiles. So uh, I would check that out, australianaddictionreptiles.com. Um, then there's Paul Harris of UK Pythons. There I say uh, one of the, I think he might be, one of the best breeders of carpet pythons in the world. Um, he, yeah, he has everything. <laughs> so uh, a lot of times every year he'll import stuff uh, to Nick. Um, so um, if you're interested in, you know, maybe something that he has, I would check out ukpythons.com and uh, you can see what he has going on. But uh, a lot of these morph projects were uh, established by Paul and uh, he's, he's a great guy. Um, a couple other that I know personally, Jason Balin, um, he deals, um, a lot with, uh, red coastals and tiger coastal carpets. Um, so if, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, he's, he's definitely a guy to hit up for sure. Uh, another guy that's, uh, that's, that's a really awesome guy is Eric Kohler. Um, him, he's similar to, uh, to Nick in that he's a purist at heart. And uh, he has a lot of old school lines of certain things, uh, whether that's uh, jungle carpets or popcorn carpets, all of that. He has uh, solid lineage and, and, and works with a wide variety of carpet pythons. Um, the next couple is going to be 
more focused around jungle carpets. Um, the first guy that comes to mind when I think of jungle carpets is Andrew Paris, Paris Reptiles. Um, the guy is crazy anal about, um, you know, his projects, and he has only A-plus trophy animals in his collection. Uh, so if you're looking for an awesome jungle carpet, you can't go wrong with anything that Andrew's doing. Uh, and I would say that would go the same for headhunter reptiles. Um, same, uh, just killer, killer stock. Um, uh, let's see, who else do we got? We have uh, John Battaglia. Uh, you'll know him, uh, Morelia Trophy Club. And one of the things that uh, he is famous for is his gamma carpets, gamma jag carpets um and we'll get into that at some point down the line but basically it's a diamond jungle jag um, but they just are crazy yellow i mean crazy insane yellow so uh you should check that out moraliatrophyclub.com another good guy is martin rosemond uh he deals he does a lot of jungles but he also works with diamonds, and he does some morph stuff as well. But, you know, kill, again, killer, killer jungles. If you're looking for diamond pythons, I can't recommend enough Greg Heim. Um, Greg is a great guy to work with. Sometimes the, uh, <laughs> the uh, diamond python community can be uh, a little fanatical when it comes to um, lineage and such. Uh, but Greg is a super, super awesome guy. He breeds top-notch animals, and he has all, uh, you know, pure diamond stock. So I would definitely check him out on Facebook. Um, yeah, so hopefully that will give you a basis to start, uh, you know, before you go and buy a carpet and you want to do some research. I hope that this helps you. And again, if you see something that you really, really love... Uh, I would, uh, I wouldn't worry about what other people think. I think too often we worry about, um, what people are going to think, but we don't often care what's most important is what you think. Uh, so if it's a snake that you like, I have animals in my collection that I don't know anything about, but I think that they're just amazing animals. I have animals that I have no intention of breeding, but I just love the way they look and they're more or less, uh, a glorified pet at this point so there's, there's there's really no right or wrong way but um if you're if you're interested in carpets before you take the plunge just do a little bit of research and try to figure out exactly what you're looking for hopefully this helps and i'll see you next time on carpet cliff notes <laughs>